0: Hello and welcome to the OfCast. I'm your host, Elsie Eigerman,
1: And I'm your host, Max Mariner.
0: And today we have a very special episode. Instead of talking about the actual novel, we're going to be talking about the graphic novel edition. And we have two special guests joining us to talk about the graphic very, novel. Very, very special guests. Yes, very special guests. Um, I have. We have Patrick H. Willems, my former boss and host of the Patrick H. Willems YouTube channel. Um,
2: Hello, guys. Pleasure to be here. And we also have
1: Scott Nicewander, my former boss and host of the NerdSync uh, YouTube channel. Hello,
3: that's my name. That's me.
0: (laughs) All right. So uh, for listeners at home who don't want to be spoiled, uh, we're just going to talk about the the chapters we've covered so far for the the podcast, the beginning bit here. Um, And then uh, Max, as someone who could be spoiled by further discussions of this book, we'll then leave, and that will be your cue to leave if you don't want to be spoiled. But if you don't care, stick around for the whole thing. It's a good time.
1: Yeah. I do want to ask, uh, do we know, like, it's kind of amazing that while we were recording this podcast, this graphic novel The Handmaid's Tale just came out? Like, that's just, like...
0: I think it's part of the, like, renewed interest, I... Uh, what with the the television show Is probably similar to the thing where they're like We're gonna come out with a sequel in September
3: That's right, yeah mm. Well, I, I would imagine it's because Of the popularity of this podcast That they were like, we <laughs> yeah. need a graphic novel They Absolutely. rushed it into
2: production Immediately as soon as it was launched <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: So honestly, thank you guys really. Yeah, truly
0: <laughs> Well, um, we I are qu- We are the only uh, uh, Handmaid's Tale novel podcast so. Yeah, What. Well,
1: when when she told me that, like I was visibly shocked. I was like, "There's no way! Like this is the yeah. Handmaid's Tale. This is like high school reading material. Everybody knows this book." But There's how no
0: many way Handmaid's
2: Tale own... TV show podcasts are there? There are like, like six. eight. Okay, <laughs> eight. yeah. Yes. But so you're special. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. yes. The only but novel one.
0: Uh, unfortunately, it meant that like all the really great names for a Handmaid's Tale podcast, like Mayday, uh, <laughs> oh, the Red yeah, that's Center. Good. Um all all the good ones have been been taken. So Whoa, does, are the does,
2: does Max know what Mayday means? <laughs> mm-hmm. No.
0: Oh
1: I I don't. I thought oh, I think you meant like made Day or something like that. No. Okay. Oh. Hey, oh. You'll find out in like a month. <laughs> yeah. Maybe.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um and for the record, thank you, LCS. <laughs> I came up with handmade with the upcast for the record.
0: It's it's a great title. All the great names
1: were taken, so we settled (laughs) on
3: objects.
1: (laughs) It is actually a good one. Yeah, I love it. Um, I wanted to start off a discussion with a question for our guests. Um, You guys, Scott and uh, Patrick, you guys are both well-versed in the comic medium, which is one of the reasons why we wanted you on. How often do you find comics or graphic novels of any kind open with a two-page spread, like the first page?
3: Um, uh, Scott, do you want to take this first? Sure. I mean, it, it, I guess it depends on. Uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of uh, comics. Uh, I feel like it happens quite frequently, just because hmm. you want like a big splash page to really grab a reader's uh, attention and, and you know, kind of show uh, where you are, where where it, what's happening. Uh, it's it's kind of like an exciting. It's like a part of the uh, like the art form to just open big and exciting and uh yeah i don't know i feel like it's fairly common
2: yeah i I will say to get like real nerdy about like serialized single issue comics Mm -hmm. uh usually the way they go is you open the cover and then the inside cover is an ad yeah and then so then there's only like one single page to open with Mm -hmm. and so because of that a lot of a, a lot of like like single issue comics they might open with like a single page splash, uh, splash page, but not like a double splash page. And but because like this is a graphic novel that doesn't have to worry about ads and stuff like that, um, and has like a just sort of like a title page, yes. uh, and then then like the first actual like pages mm-hmm. of artwork. Um, I think it's 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 more common in like uh, like sort of standalone graphic novels than like serialized single issues.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting.
2: Um, I just like through the graphic novels that I've read. Usually, at least in my
1: experience, they don't start with spreads. They usually start with just like single panel and then go mm-hmm. on. And then like it's not usually the the turning point of Act One where we get like some kind of like full page spread like yeah. uh, like Blankets for example is a graphic novel I've read that that, that does that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I kind of get like it. Like it will start out. Kind of with like a, a little slow rising action, and then f- a couple pages in, it'll be like boom. There's your double page.
1: Yeah, yeah, that thing. So the fact that it starts yeah. out with such like bleak imagery, like a full page, like that, it, it, it's striking. It's yeah.
0: striking. And I feel like the the uh, novel in general sort of it plays it fast and loose with panels. There's a lot of uh, pages where there's sort of overlapping uh, images over the panels and whatnot. Mm-hmm.
1: It, Elsie, as the as like. As our resident, like, Handmaid's Tale fan, when you first opened this book, like, did it look like what you always thought the Handmaid's Tale looked like? Like, did did, did the the interpretation, like, resonate with you at all?
0: I I think that the... The, the color scheme and, and, and things of that sort made a lot of sense, but I think that the take on the, the first chapter, it got rid of like most of the images I really like. So for example, we don't hear about the, how the gymnasium used to have these girls with these felt skirts in this adaptation. Um, and in fact, the gymnasium only vaguely looks like a gymnasium. Um, I mean, at least it's, it's better than the television program where it doesn't look like a gymnasium at all. Mm. Uh, Actually, yeah.
2: this is a a major question I have because just to, you know, uh, to give some background, I have not read the novel *The Handmaid's Tale*. I have not watched any of the TV show, and so I am probably one of the very few people whose first, or who's, you know, whose introduction to this entire story. Is this graphic novel that just you, you might out. be the only person?
1: No, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really?
2: Yeah, same here. I've never read
3: the book, never seen the show. This is my very first time diving into this uh, the story.
2: Yeah, so uh, so Elsie, I'm really counting on you. to and I mean, like, and That's Max for the, per, for. <laughs> for the first three chapters. Yeah. But just to to fill in, like, w- you know, what changed in this adaptation?
0: Um. Yeah. Well. So. For example, in the book, we get a description of the basketball hoops. And it's like very clearly it still looks like a gymnasium, whereas mm-hmm. here we get the the lines on the floor the way a gymnasium does. But there's the the painting of the eye on the side and it's sort of big and fading. And it doesn't have the, the sort of the firm, straight lines of the, the novel, because, um, mm-hmm. like, for example, there's a whole description of... Um, what is it called like the the type of running track on the second level of a gymnasium that looks down on the gymnasium yeah it's like um, a promenade i don't know yeah some, um, something like that yeah and sort do, of a imag- do you think it
2: do you think much was lost without going into all the detail of the gymnasium in particular um
0: well kind of i mean it's, just, it's what i like the best about the three page chapter that is the like introduction um it's sort of like this is hitting the broad strokes of what happens. Like we, we get the, the, the description of the gymnasium and the description of the men outside, but we don't get the line where she says about the men outside, like our fantasy was to go to them and, and convince them to let us out. We still had our bodies, which like, I think you lose something if you don't have that line.
2: Right. Actually, another question I had, uh, I'm going to have a lot of questions, so <laughs> apologies in advance. Uh, but, um, How much of the the text and the dialogue is straight from the original novel?
0: I'd say 100%. This seems like a word for word.
2: Okay. And just really probably with like lines removed?
0: Yes. There's like huge chunks of text that's missing, but I think that the, the words are exactly the same. The lines are being pulled.
2: Okay.
1: I have to wonder what this thing would look like if they included all of it. Like. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I and mean, it's such a image-heavy book. Um, and and you do lose something in that, like, we get the picture of the army blankets, and they say U.S. on them, mm-hmm. but we don't get the line uh, old ones that still said U.S., which is such a great line. In fact, I think it was Max's favorite line of the first chapter.
1: Yes. Because it just, in, like, in... Instinctively and inherently creates a world that is unfamiliar to us, but still creates a bridge of uh, still creates a bridge that we can like connect to.
0: Also, I'm just realizing this now, but they don't have cattle prods on their belts; they have riding crops.
2: Yeah, that that seemed a little funny to me
0: because they say that they're cattle prods, but that's clearly right. a riding crop.
2: And then there is a <laughs> is a close up of the riding crop. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's a little so weird. Th-
2: the question is, uh, does. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Renee, how do you pronounce her last name?
0: I have not looked that up.
2: Because I, I, be- I believe she's, you know, French Canadian. Renee Nolt? No?
0: Yes, she's a Canadian artist known for her vivid and dreamlike illustrations in watercolor and ink.
2: Yeah, but so the question is, does she not know what a cattle prod is?
0: I mean, there's Good a chance. <laughs> I, I can see where you can't, you can come to the conclusion that a riding crop is a cattle prod, but a cattle prod is a lot, like, more scary than a riding crop. Yeah. yeah. I
3: think
0: Related so.
1: question, what is a riding crop?
0: So a riding crop is what you use to, like, beat a horse, to make the horse go faster.
1: Oh, it's that, like, like, it's like that,
2: yeah, I, okay, I've seen it. It's it's like, a little, it's like, like a, kind of leather whip.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, like a, it's like a stick with a little piece of leather that's sort of doubled over.
2: Mm-hmm. To, oh, okay, yeah. It's oh, exactly what is in that illustration. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like
0: that, that's clearly a, a yes. riding crop, but like a caliprot is an electrical thing that you know shocks people. Um, yeah, it's it's a little weird. That is
3: interesting. Good catch. <laughs> I honestly did not pick that up.
2: It's just <laughs> funny because you know clearly lines from the original novel were chosen to some were you know some were dropped some Mm -hmm. were included and she kept this line and then drew the wrong thing yeah yeah i mean again like it it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things it's it's like it's a single illustration it's Mm -hmm. just an odd choice in a um in a similar vein
1: elsie now I maybe show my hand a bit because even though I've read, like the first, I think we're at like six seven, seven chapters, chapters.
0: in. Yeah. yeah,
1: we're seven chapters in. I am a bit. I'm trying. You know, I'm seeing some of these images and I'm trying to remember if they are accurate to the book. For example, um, when Alfred goes to speak to, uh, to the two women, and I think it was chapter two.
0: Mm-hmm. Are they
1: both wearing green?
0: Yes, Martha's wear green like surgeons used to wear.
1: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I, um, and the,
0: the television adaptation makes it a, a sort of darker green that looks sort of almost grayish, sort of like a tan hemp color, hmm. but it's it's supposed to be green.
1: Good. Like, and then Serena Joy, she wore blue? Yes. Okay, yeah. Well, so I guess blue. this is really weird, because I was thinking about how gray, like, very much sort of like a, how the world of The Handmaid's Tale was very gray, except for The Handmaid's Tale, so they would, like, for the except for the characters who were in yeah. red, usually, to stand out, but... I guess I'm just like, I'm totally missing the other colors here because they're very color-coded, like
3: yes, absolutely. red, blue, and green. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the comic does a, a, especially on some of these opening pages, does a really oh, yeah. good job of painting the different worlds of these different characters with the colors that represent them, which is really interesting to me. Yeah,
1: especially Serena Joy. Oh, my yeah. God. Mm-hmm. And
0: I mean, it's it's one of the things I love most about the the book is that it, it really does focus on the colors. I mean, you get... Uh, Sort of paragraph where she's just talking about the umbrellas and how the umbrellas are different colors for each different woman who lives in the house, mm-hmm. um, and the television adaptation has really to- terrible color grading and everything is dark and gray. Aww. It's the worst.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It kind of feels not like not a you're fan th- of the visual style of the show. Not
0: not mm-hmm. a big fan of the visual style of the show. No, mm-hmm.
2: I have not watched it, but I so I can't really say anything. I've just mm-hmm. I I know a lot of people that really like it
0: there are like occasional shots that i'm just like oh my god that's beautiful but usually it's ones like there's like a shot in a grocery store that i think is amazing where there's like a pile of oranges and they're reaching out and grabbing the oranges but since it's in a grocery store it's highlighting so the like it's not dark and gray like everything else
2: <laughs> yeah
0: um there are a bunch i will watch it
2: one of these days
0: really beautiful shots it's just like the, like, lighting and coloring is just slightly off. For a while, I thought I hated the costuming, and then I saw pictures of the, the costuming outside, and I was like, oh, no, it's it's just lighting and coloring.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I have to ask, like, in that same vein, honestly, how do you feel about how this... how this art portrays The Handmaid's Tale overall? Like, like... I
0: like it. I really like what they did with the, the hoods. Mm-hmm. Um, because you could easily take it and make it sort of look very, um... Islamic, and I'm glad that that was not the tack taken, that it, it looks sort of almost surgical in a way, which I think is, yeah. is more in keeping with what the, the the book describes.
1: I recall when you brought up the fact that, like, The Handmaid's Tales, like, Margaret Atwood's, was kind of wondering, like, what if Iran happened in the U.S.? Like, that, yes. that's sort of, like, yeah. So I guess that sort of harkens to that, like, idea, in a sense?
0: yeah. Um, and, like, I mean, you definitely see stuff in the book, like, uh, there's a, a Martha who gets shot because the guards think that the Martha's really just a, a man in women's clothing or something like that. So you yeah. have to have a certain level of, like, very covered up.
1: Yeah, this, this episode is, just a, is an endless sequence of, you're an expert, what do you think <laughs> about this?
0: That's that said, I don't like how anime eye some of the eyes are.
3: <laughs> That's interesting, yeah.
0: Like, I think when she meets Serena Joy for the first time, there's, like, a close-up of Serena Joy's face, and I'm like, mm, this is a little too wee. That's,
3: like, that's
1: a really striking image to me, too. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Where, like, where she's got, like, the... What is it? Cig- I know what you're talking about, though. The cig- she has a
0: cigarette, and she's, she's yeah. being like, I yeah. expect to see as little as possible of you. Yeah,
1: that one, like, it really was, like, wow. That's... First off, that is blue. Secondly, like, that is, like... this <laughs> it's, it's a very... I wouldn't say it's, like, more defined in the other pictures, but I definitely see what, what you're uh, what you're talking about.
2: I really like that panel, just, uh, uh, in particular, how she blends into the, the pattern of the wallpaper. Oh, yeah,
0: yes. I love that part. And
2: the same shade of blue. And also, I, I, I just really like the like the line art on the smoke coming from the cigarette. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and,
1: like, how it's actually going outside of the panel. Yeah, it's That's drifting cool.
3: off the page, yeah. I like that.
2: I yeah. like how there's, there
1: doesn't seem to be much, like, artistic restriction. With how, you know, with the nature of graphic knowledge, it just seems to be, like... Just seems to be, you know, do whatever is best to uh, for the image.
0: I just love mm-hmm. the fact that the settings keep fading. Yes. I think there's some of a lot of cool stuff with that. Um. Yeah.
3: Oh, yes. I have many things to say later on when we <laughs> go deeper into this book.
0: Um, Although, I think I one of the the better pieces of adaptation where she doesn't use words, but she sort of translates the words is the scene we get of the two handmaids walking down the street. You can really see what Atwood means when she s- describes it as like, she walks down the street doubled. Right. And, like the, these two almost sort of clones walking down this like yeah. big empty street.
2: That does uh, slightly get into like one minor issue I have with the artwork, mm-hmm. which is just that, uh, it's hard to tell some of the handmaids apart yes. just by their yeah. faces, mm-hmm. and so where I'm like, I can't really tell the difference between uh, uh, of Fred and was of Glenn. Yeah, you
1: have to wonder if that was maybe like partially intentional to like show how like every like these all handmaids are in like this, the exact same occupation, but mm-hmm. there's a line. There is of course a line.
3: That yeah, you know. yeah. Similarly, like, yeah, I, I had that same issue where I'm like, who is saying what to who currently? Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like, looking for little clues in the dialogue. And it's like, yeah. you know, I don't think that is entirely intentional. Because, it would, like, we we should know who the character is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, that really just comes down to, like, the drawing of faces. And it's one of those things that, with comics, you do get into, like... It, it, it's always one of those, like, trouble spots whenever there are uniforms or yeah. people that, that have to dress mm-hmm. the same. Yep. And um, I, w- I would have liked it if they just, you know, if she'd found a way to just, like, make them look a little bit more, like, it, like specific. Just about, uh, you know, so you always know, you know, who our protagonist is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And to be fair, though, I even, I'm um, seven chapters in, I don't think the name of uh, of Fred has even been mentioned yet and the only reason i know it's of fred is because i know, like is was it cultural osmosis like like and i don't even yeah. think in this graphic novel they even mention her name at all
2: don't they you no know, as, in, as in,
1: sorry in the first 7 chapters first 7 chapters
2: i thought it it came up in like chapter 2 i'm hmm. flipping through this um... now where does the name come up
1: only because it seems so accurate to the book and the book just right. does not mention her name
3: yeah. Much. I know it it does mention it later on in the yeah in the graphic novel. But yeah, I don't I don't remember reading it too. And early. I would hope
1: it also mentioned it in the book at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny. Uh-huh. I really do like uh Aunt Lydia's design too. It, oh, that looks yeah. exactly as that... I would envision somebody who like indoctrinates handmaids with like this Oh my god, she's terrifying. Weird... She's yeah.
0: terrifying. I love it. Yeah, no, the the shots when she's when um Alfred's lying in bed and, and we we get, like, parts of Aunt Lydia's face, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, it's so good. Yeah.
1: And, it's a, and it's such a great, like, reaction face from, like, Alfred, like I'm-so-tired-of-everything face, like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs>
0: well, but I also like the fact that it's sort of, like, it's playing in her head, which is very yeah. similar to what it is in the novel. And I,
1: mm-hmm. hmm. I mean, because, yeah, I mean, her... We spend a lot of time in that, in that woman's head. It's, it's, like, it's frankly ridiculous just, like, how often... You have to oh, and check the, in with like what she's thinking about
0: mm-hmm. the the shot where we see like half of aunt lydia's face when she says it's best not to speak unless the wives ask you a direct question
3: mm-hmm.
0: um i just i i love any shot where like the face is cut off halfway but the the round glasses where you can't see her eyes so she doesn't look human is just it's i love it it's a great touch mm-hmm.
3: yes mm
1: like, like, yeah, it's just one of those things where, like distinguish, you know how much of we don't want to say her name, or we don't want to like show her being individual is part of the intention behind the work, either in Atwood or in Nult's case, or is it just like, it would be nice to clarify
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. um. oh yeah, there is a it's like I was looking for the name and they come across the wall,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, yeah. Uh, at this time, um, for any for any listeners that are curious, like our la- our most previously recorded episode was six, so we were just talking about the, hang, you know, the hung doctors, yep, in the bags, and it's like I have to say, yes. I feel
0: like the way the image is described in the book is more terrifying. Ooh, than, yes, like,
3: please tell me what happened.
0: Um. Well, so they they come across the. The, the men who are who are hanging on the wall mm-hmm. um, and there's like a description of the like blood around the guy's mouth um, mm-hmm. and it's particularly weird because she specifically describes it as similar to the way a child would draw a smile
3: oh. um yeah that uh, doesn't look like it's portrayed exactly that way and yeah in it just kind of looks like blood spatter
0: yeah it's like bit. there's some blood spatter uh. But yeah, no, she mentions it twice because she spends a long time looking at them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, oh, but on one bag there's blood which has seeped through the white cloth and where a mouth must have been. It makes another mouth, a small red one, like the mouth's painted on with thick brushes by kindergarten children. Mm. A child's idea of a smile. This smile of blood is what fixes the attention finally. Um, these are not snowmen after all. Like, hmm. ugh. That's
1: interesting. Yeah. It's it's chilling. It's very chilling. Wait, Elsie, do you have the book out too? Yeah, of course. (laughs) No, no. You know what? No, that's that's good. It's good.
3: I actually do kind of like the panel under that one where we see like the the bag with the little blood on it. We see her. Her
0: off its eyes. Yes. Yes,
3: and I well I what I like about that panel is just from that angle it looks like it's kind of like mirroring the the color scheme a little bit where most Mm -hmm. you know mostly she dresses in all red as do all the handmaids do but from that angle it's still like mostly we see the white and then just a tiny little bit of red in the corner almost like that could maybe be her someday Mm -hmm. who knows
2: yeah so I in general uh, liked the art quite a bit Uh, I just like a i like the uh just like the 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 line work the way it uses a more painted approach for the flashbacks Mm -hmm. um just the design of it all and um and again this is my introduction to this story and uh and i was reading a review of the graphic novel i just after i finished reading it um on the av club and by someone who clearly has read the novel and watched the show and they they made what Seemed to me actually like a pretty good point about how th- them saying actually like the artwork doesn't really work because it makes it far more pretty and hmm. sort of like and and that doesn't really communicate like the horror of this world. Yeah. And after like reading that, I was like that, you know, I I see what they're what they're saying because this like a lot of this stuff like the you know the handmaids look really nice in their. You know, like like red flowing robes with you know painted with watercolors. Mm-hmm. The uh, the wallpaper looks like like a lot of this world looks really nice, and uh, like Elsie, what you were saying about the, the 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 people hanging like that isn't as like as disturbing as it's described yeah. in in the novel.
0: Yeah, and I, I'll get into this later, um, but I. I think one of the interesting things is that I think it takes a lot of the images that um, are like really horrific in the book and plays them down. But there are images in the graphic novel that aren't as horrific in the book that it plays up. Okay, yeah, which is really interesting. The,
2: there were a few moments to me that uh that, that did like you know that really hit hard in terms of like the the violence they're portraying. Yeah. But also in general, looking at it, a lot of just like the, the like the tone communicated. Uh. Th- through the artwork is a lot of it is kind of like you know pretty and dreamlike and i wonder how much of that is intentional get
0: that in the book as well because we get like descriptions of how well manicured the lawns are Mm-hmm. um and it's it's supposed to be Cambridge and it's very beautiful and it's where doctors and lawyers once lived and you know it's it's this wonderful neighborhood that of course is being run by this sort of Christian military regime mm-hmm. um and I think that's one of the problems I have with like the TV shows that it makes everything dark and gritty when like the book is sort of this weird mix where there's a lot of things that are normal ordinary scenes that are rendered like, paranormal and 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 weird and um like another thing where i'm like oh why did you cut this out the they're walking two by two around a football field Mm -hmm. and what they've done is put barbed wire on top of the football field fence Mm -hmm. which is such a like interesting image of like it's like the thing we had to do in PE, walk around the track but now it's a prison
2: (laughs) right yeah I mean, like, to me, again, just experiencing this for the first time this morning while reading this, that is the most compelling part of the world, about how it is basically our world. Yeah. And, like, with the same buildings, the same schools and tracks and towns and stuff like that, but it's just, like, been, you know, with with just, like, a, a slight makeover.
0: Yeah, they take down all the signs and put up signs that don't have words on them.
2: Right. And also... Alfred is said on the first page of chapter of part two. Shopping. Oh. It is the second line. <clears throat> I found it. <laughs> I've been flipping back and forth through this book for the past like minutes, <laughs> trying to find that name. Oh.
1: Thank oh. you for yeah. your service. I didn't even. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't even read the text on two. Okay.
2: Is, I knew she, it happened early. Mm-hmm. But she didn't say that in the book. Did she also? I, so I don't think she,
0: she doesn't say that there because the opening line of uh, chapter two is a chair, a table, a lamp. Did <laughs> you just go into your
1: reader's voice real quick for a second? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had but, to record the beginning of chapter two so we could put it in the podcast. I read mm-hmm. it like three times. I you know what the <laughs> first lines of the chapter two are. Wait,
2: wait. So, so th- that's the first line of chapter two, a chair, a table, a lamp? Yeah. Because in this part two, it says, The Commander's House. My name is a Fred now, and here is where I live. A chair, a table, a lamp. Mm-hmm. So it just added two sentences before the actual yes. beginning. Interesting.
1: I would think that might be because, like, it, with a book, it's a little bit more, it's a little bit easier to communicate a character through, like, t- so much text. But in a graphic novel, if you're looking at a character, you probably would, it's probably best to know their name, at the very least and know who's, like, guiding the story.
0: Sure. So I would
1: think that maybe they wanted to include, like, hey, her name is red real quick, then, like, in the second part, just to make sure that was, like, communicated.
0: Uh, yeah, and I mean, just generally in the book, the book is very much like, we just pushed you into the pool, figure out what's happening. Like, I, I didn't realize until I was talking about it with Max that they never formally say what the Handmaids do. It's just, yeah. you just figured it out, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, again, I, I... Yeah, for those listeners out there, I mean, you know how how shocked I was when I found out what blessed be the fruit means so uh yeah
3: <laughs> oh max my especially sweet like boy. um
1: the previous how they just picked the past like how it's just inherently even though as patrick pointed out it is not so different it's not so dystopian as we might be as we might be lead, led to believe in the mm-hmm. book but to see how how everything used to look like is it's definitely more colorful it's definitely more yeah i mean um, yeah
3: Something I love about, I mean, I love a good, you know, u- use of colors in a visual <laughs> medium. And I love that the past is depicted in the, these, like, vibrant gold, oh, yellow yeah. colors. And
0: that, like, the line art gets a little weaker, so that it's, yeah. like... Yeah, oh,
3: it, my God, it really does! Yeah, and it, so it feels, like, less less sure, less established. Like, like yeah. it is a memory that, that, that they're trying to hold on to, and I like that. Uh, there's a great moment much later on which i will talk about when max isn't here where the use of of the colors uh for the past uh is uh pretty great but i do love there's even like a visual kind of call forward in in this section where where uh she's remembering of these little like red leaves as hands reach out trying to hold on to one another and i just think that that is also uh A fun little bit that will play into a a bit into the future of this book so I don't know I like the visuals a lot uh, in terms of these little touches like that but yeah Yeah. certainly I uh, I want to say watercolors is that a
1: good way to
0: put it it's it's watercolor
3: yeah
1: I actually I just went on page I actually have no idea and (laughs) um, (laughs) the first time we see Luke whom I guess was I guess it's sort of a spoiler because I didn't know what Luke what, who Luke was up until now. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, the one time we see uh, a memory, the the panel is just lighter. It's not doesn't have like even it, it doesn't have uh, a border. It doesn't have a border. It's just yeah. the memory does not have a border where everything else does. It's like it's immediately striking. Mm-hmm.
0: And the fact that we get other flashbacks that are to the post-Gilead time. um... Uh, where she's finding out that her her daughter has been taken away um, and those have stark lines and have stark lines inside the yeah the the panels
3: hmm and the color yeah. fades to a much colder oh yeah palette yeah
0: and it's just a beautiful two-page spread with like her hair in the background yes. it's just
3: hmm <laughs> it's good I like it <laughs> yeah I love how
1: she her uh, how comes like I guess not contempt, but irritation, is so, like, it is so broad. Like, uh, when they're talking about um, the pregnant woman, her name in the time before time was Janine. The way she's, like, the way Janine is just designed,
2: just, like, yes. inherently
1: looks so, like, snobby. It's, it's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's come to display herself. That's it's, right. Yeah.
2: yeah, she's also one that has a very distinctive face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a way many others do not. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. God... Chapter in like chapter seven especially or like night like
3: mm-hmm.
1: whoa almost 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 spoiled uh, almost went too far like just the fact is it's it's probably my favorite chapter because it is so it's just a flood of all these different kinds of like uh, artistic communications mm-hmm. through like through flashback through trauma mm-hmm. through yeah all these different like yeah life, th- like right. this is the
2: part that I would say uses the the comic format. It like most effectively, at least of yeah. like the the first three parts, yes. just to like to establish just like these like little snapshots of memories, mm-hmm. and you you can it really communicates just like and this is a thing that comics are good at just of, of communicating like you know someone's thoughts through yeah. visuals.
0: Why couldn't she have done this for the first chapter? Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a really interesting and I, I think intentional choice with the way the tourists from japan are drawn mm-hmm. um so in the book it's pretty clear that it's a trade delegation they're described as wearing suits and high heels and that's what oh, grabs offers attention she's like a knee-length skirt like her like her legs are so exposed i haven't seen exposed legs in like in like that in forever um and the fact that they're just like Normal people in this adaptation yeah. is really mm-hmm. interesting
3: yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like
1: it's like at some point you feel like you know sometimes it feels like you're getting so like you're getting so lost inside Alfred's head, and then like you see a tourist and it's like, oh, the rest of the world is like fine, like the world isn't destroyed it's just different and much t- more terrible
2: now yeah, this was such a surprise for me because again i've you know i've been aware of the handmaid's tale for a long time and i I had this like notion of of what it was about and uh, and I'd always assumed like oh yeah, it's like a dystopian thing like and I mean mm-hmm. I assumed that this was that the whole world was this way and so just this sudden yes. uh, just like piece like piece of visual information that oh no, it's just this country it's just the US like uh, you know Japanese tourists are still Japanese tourists and um, and they actually like the idea of people from like normal, uh no, like normally functioning countries just like visiting a dystopia like that's yeah. also something i haven't i can't recall seeing that in other dystopian fiction
3: mm-hmm. yeah
1: it was something that uh, that stuck out to me when we first read the chapter like yeah it's sometimes I... when you're when you're reading like dystopian fiction you always wonder is the whole world like this and the handmaid's tale is one of the first works i've ever come across to say no this is not it's just it's just this
3: some isolated yeah
0: Yeah, Um, and it's it's certainly true in our world. There are plenty of people who want to go visit North Korea and places like that. Yeah, Um, Yeah, and I feel like it makes the fact that they want to take the pictures, they want to take pictures of the handmaids, like, more horrifying. Because when it was a trade delegation, it's like, oh, we want to bring back proof that, like, the women here are, like, well-treated, so, like, take a picture of them or something like that. But here it's just like, tourists want to take a picture of these women. Yeah, how
1: novel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They do look like, I mean, you know, contrasting with the Taurus, they look like costumes almost
0: yeah like
3: mm-hmm.
1: even like, though it, in this world they're like not like it's like required yeah.
2: like it's just the style there mm-hmm.
0: yeah well i mean it's the i uh... oh they they actually oh, cut that line that's interesting um in the book they have i off it's like oh he's the the guide is probably explaining to them that for us it's like a, a penetrative act to be photographed, and that's why we, we don't want to be be photographed. Um I but we just have the flashback instead. Uh
1: yeah. And speaking of flashback, just real quick, just jumping back over to part three. Elsie, if I'm not mistaken, uh the whole that's Luke, that's not in chapter seven. Um Right? That was, that's a new bit of information,
0: uh, right?
1: Because the three things that happen in chapter seven are, uh, she talks with a friend, because they're like in high school, she goes bird feeding with, I think her mom or something like that. They're at, like oh, a lake or yeah.
0: something. Oh, yeah, it's, she she goes to the park with her mother.
1: Yeah, it's not. a
0: porn burning.
1: Hmm. I can right. see why they decided
0: to cut that. That makes sense. mm mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, we get, in the in the book, there's a scene where her, her mother, who's, like, this radical feminist, takes her to a, a, like, a, like, porn burning, where they're burning, like, all these, like, porno mags, and she has, like, this bit where, like, she must be, like, eight years old at the time or something like that, and she's, like, looking at, like, this woman who's tied up and, like, suspended, and she's like, huh, that's weird, and her mother's like, don't look at that! Throw it into the fire!
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 80s. I, mean,
0: I think it would be the 70s, but yeah.
1: Yeah, and so this new scene with, I'm going to assume, Luke, hipster looking dude, yeah. it's totally new, totally new information. I think it's... Is it borrowed from elsewhere in the book? It's
0: borrowed from elsewhere in the book.
1: I see, okay. But, um,
0: we, we definitely get other, some other bit in the book where, where she talks about the hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. Cool.
1: Interesting. I, and... And, st- and I don't, I'm not going to like ask for like spoilers or anything, but just reading this and seeing it really does make me wonder how we got to Gilead, how this happened. I don't, I don't think it's ever going to be, I have a, I have a bad feeling it's not going to be explained. I don't think it needs to be explained, but like it peaks, this kind of art style and this kind of like visual storytelling, it does peak my curiosity.
0: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Alfred explains it the best she can later on, but at the end of the day, she's like just this one woman who like wasn't in government or really paying that close attention.
2: I feel like I should wait to like I I have things to say about that, but like I'll wait until we get to like (laughs) this. Yeah, no, I I
1: feel like my time here is up. I should probably get going so you guys can like get into like the rest of the book. I look forward to listening to this podcast in
2: like four (laughs) months when we're done with the book. I really hope we can live up to that weight. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Honestly. I've been waiting months to hear this one episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, same goes for, like, the show and stuff, I'm sure, like, and, like, the opera episode. And, yeah, it's, I will say it is fun to talk with, um, talk with you, uh, you, Patrick, and Scott, who have also very little experience with The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. And, like, yeah, you're and this, not is, this is your first experience to the entire properties of the graphic novel, which... Mm -hmm. Again, it must be very interesting. Um, I feel like I'm doing it wrong.
2: (laughs) Okay, good. Like, no one starts this way. Yeah, (laughs) I felt
3: the
1: exact
0: same way. Okay, to be fair, I started with the 1990 movie adaptation because my mother told me I wasn't allowed to read the book.
2: Okay, (laughs) that's probably the wrong way. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa, really?
0: yeah. Like, huh. there was a bunch of specific images, because I was, like, 13 years old, and I wanted to read the book, and she was like, no, 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 no. And, like, one of the images was, like, the men on the wall. She was like, that is, that's, that's too much for a 13-year-old to read.
2: Hmm. hmm. Interesting. But you can see it?
0: Huh? No, I, I, I was like, well, she didn't tell me that I wasn't allowed to watch the movie.
2: Oh, he's so. found it's a just loophole! Over here. Wow. Yeah. I thought, I thought she was like, oh, well, you watch the movie, just don't read the book.
0: <laughs> no, you forget that I, I grew up in the internet age. I watched it entirely on YouTube.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, he's gone. He's gone. Okay, great. Let's get into the juicy stuff. Yes, please. (laughs) Um, Also, hello, hello, future Max.
0: Yeah, hi, future Max. Max,
2: so much has changed since (laughs) you've been here. Yeah. I could be dead now Mm -hmm. when you're listening to this hopefully not
0: hopefully not Yeah, fingers
2: crossed on that one <laughs> but, mean, so. yeah
0: like we're, we're hopefully gonna like have like a pretty good release schedule for this podcast so we should be done in like less than a year so <laughs> but I, I just
2: like that, that for one of the hosts this is now a time capsule that's true <laughs> anyway oh can i j- jump right into a thing that i wanted to say that's connected to what we were just talking about yes now that we ahead. can talk about all of
3: it yeah yeah
2: We can talk about it all we can jump right to the end um so the stuff about the like fall of civilization and the rise of gilead Mm -hmm. um so this is something that i just always like in any dystopian thing or any sort of like like thing set in the future i'm always fascinated by like okay how do we how did things get to there Yeah. yeah like and and it's the one of these rare moments where my like just like my greedy desire for knowledge and lore to kind of like overrides my desire for like a good story. And I'm kind of <laughs> like, I know, I know we shouldn't just get an exposition dump, but I kind of just, I'd be cool with an exposition dump. I want to know everything. Mm-hmm. Like, how did this happen? And so uh, I, was, I was so happy for just like the little flashbacks we got. And like all the and,
0: headlines.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Like, I really enjoyed that stuff. And uh, because I'm just like, you know, turn, because it is basically just about, like, our, like, real civilization yeah. turning into this. And so just trying to imagine, like, okay, so how, how would this happen? Especially, mm-hmm. like, how would this, like, religious thing? Because, like, and, like, what are these other wars between different religious factions or, like, like faction, like, the you know, different, like, uh, like, groups within Christianity? Yeah. Like, I'm very curious about all that.
0: Um, and I mean, we don't get as much as, as I would hope, but we still get so much and it's so good. Um, Is there
2: more of that in the the novel?
0: No, I think this is roughly comparable to what we get in the novel. I mean, you get some sense of like time passing, because I don't think it comes nearly as much all at once as it does here.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, uh, because around the time that they're, they're, they're escaping, There's a lot of talks about how, like, you stop making eye contact with your neighbors because you're worried your neighbors will report you
2: um,
0: and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we get some form of escalation that we still sort of have here. We have like, and the newspapers were censored and some were closed down. Um, Yeah, there's, there's all these people who are like, The Handmaid's Tale is super relevant in the time of Trump. And I'm like, I feel like it was super relevant in 2001 when we faced like a large calamity. I
2: mean, it's just kind of relevant all the time yes it feels that way for sure
0: um but i'm like i feel like george bush was more of a a, like into christianity and theocracy than than donald trump just putting that out there like
2: yeah i i I mean (laughs) there's that uh like that's one aspect of it but then i also just think you know uh conversations about just like you know gender and and rights and stuff like that like more of that is like like happening now Mm -hmm. so so really let's just say the 21st century is uh is just a real good fit for this
0: Mm -hmm. which which brings me to the next point of the the same chapter we're we're talking about her job in the time before of being a disker this is yeah. one of the fun things of Margaret Atwood trying to predict the future, where she predicts Kindles, but she's like, oh, of course you have people in the library who, like, transfer the books to electronic copy. And in the book, it's like, they, they're like, oh, well, we're going to throw out the books. And so, like, Alfred would take them home, um, and it was considered kind of antiquated that she had, like, paper books.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Huh. Oh, so you mean she is like Will Smith in iRobot?
0: <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: he's re- he's into like vinyl and like you know, uh, like a uh, converse, converse
3: all stars, vintage, yeah. two thousand
2: five. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We need some more of that in this book. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like um, also the way that computers are described in The Handmaid's Tale is like very weird because she's trying to predict what a computer would look like like 20 years in the future and it doesn't completely work it's like one of my friends described it as it's like reading one of those books where they go to the moon before we went to the moon
2: right and yeah. so they're going to like
0: the moon caverns
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's creatures there
0: yeah there's creatures there,
2: there. <laughs> yeah well i mean like but thankfully in the graphic novel i mean as much as the job of being a disker isn't really a thing that exists mm-hmm. You know, they they do have them typing on laptops. Yes. Yeah.
0: Which is, they're transferring them to computer disks, and they're like, we're just not going to show any computer disks.
2: (laughs) Right. Exactly. What do they do with that in the show? She's a a book editor. Okay. See, what I kept thinking about is, because this is now the second adaptation of this in recent years. Yeah. And so I always intended to get around to the show at some point, because I've heard good things. Uh, and, but like, while I was reading this, I would go to IMDb and be like, okay, so who plays this character in Uh the show? Like, uh, just as curious about like, and I'm like, oh, interesting. So the, what is it? The, uh, the, the, so like, um, Serena Joy and her husband are much younger in the show.
0: They are seriously Uh aged down. That's
3: interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I did not even think to look into that.
0: Yeah. No, they're like 30 somethings in the show. They're like the same age as Alfred. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cuz it's and, uh, the sexy version, I guess. They,
2: I mean they don't want like a a gross wrinkly old man uh having having forced sex with her.
0: <laughs> hmm. Well, but I think that the the show, they're like the commander is just like evil. Like he's just unrepentantly terrible. Whereas mm. in the book and I think also in the graphic novel, you can kind of understand where he has come to the conclusions he has, but you're like you're just very wrong. Right, um,
2: and I will say so. Um, can I just talk about the ending? Sure. Okay. Uh, uh, so again, first time I've ever read any version of this story, and I was surprised by the last like two pages, the little kind of epilogue. Yeah, me too.
0: Yeah.
2: And then I went, I went on Wikipedia and looked up the the plot summary for the novel, and I was like, oh, okay, same thing happens yeah. there and um i was kind of surprised that it it did um, have this you know just like c- kind of positive ending that is it, is just like okay this was humanity did not stay this way mm-hmm. like uh this you know Gilead was like lasted for a time but then you know we, you know it that and en- that period of time ended and um and clearly she was able to like record her story
0: mm-hmm. and someone did find it eventually i mean this is one of the things she talks about like I think exactly back I, in part I w- three where she's like i am telling the story that means that there's an ending that means that someone will hear it
2: right exactly but just you know most dystopian stories don't have like a little epilogue that's like and the dystopia did not last uh thing things got better i was a little surprised about that and um and really a big thing was like uh i wanted more i wanted the story to continue. I was like, I'm, I'm digging this. I'm into yeah. it, and, uh, and now I'm very curious about the show because yeah, season, season, season one is the end of the like, it's just the novel. Yeah, right.
0: Season two is entirely fan fiction.
2: That's crazy. That's so
3: interesting.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Well, so the epilogue is like significantly longer in the book, and it's the bit where Atwood basically turns to the audience and is like. Did you see the connection to Iran that I drew? Like, did you did you see the, the connections mm-hmm. like, like, come on, guys. Um,
2: <laughs> Yo, Elsie, how do you feel about the epilogue?
0: I love the epilogue so much. It's the best part of the book and none of the adaptations have it.
2: <laughs> that, that 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 sounds like a thing that you would say. I'm <laughs> not surprised.
0: Okay, but the creepiest thing is in the audiobook, there's an extended epilogue where when he says any questions, we hear people get up and, like, ask questions. We hear his answers to the questions. And they reference there being, like, a little Gilead of, like, a place where people are reenacting Gilead so that, like, tour groups and students can go.
2: And that's only in the audiobook?
0: It's only in the, like, extended special edition audiobook.
2: Did Margaret Atwood write that?
0: I don't think so because, like it feels different than the rest of it.
2: But wouldn't they have to say if someone else wrote it, like, like give a credit on there if, yeah. because that's, that would also be fan fiction.
0: Um, I don't know. I don't think, cause it, someone references iPads and some other things that I'm like, Oh, well, but like this wouldn't be how Margaret Atwood would write this, mm-hmm. but she right. definitely like gave her approval cause she owns the rights to it and stuff. But like,
2: it does make me also wonder if it's one of those things where, you know, they told her, you know, hey, we're going to do this audio thing, uh, this like, audio book. Do you want to, you know, add anything so we can market it as, like, a special edition? Yeah. She'll be like, yeah, here, I'll write, like, a couple paragraphs, spend ten minutes, make extra money. Sure. I don't know I if don't that's know. a thing that she would do.
0: Um, I... But, yeah, well, we also, we don't get, I. In the historical notes, uh, why am I forgetting the guy's name? Well, it's not mentioned in the graphic novel, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> the the professor like complains that Alfred doesn't have enough like, isn't behaving like a spy, and he's like, oh, what I would do for like one piece of paper from the commander's desk, um, and that she's just describing like the day-to-day uh, events of her life. Um, mm. Uh, also he makes a vaguely sexist comment at the beginning of his speech oh,
2: so that we know yeah? that
0: sexism isn't dead just Gilead
2: <sighs> wait I'm, oh, no. I'm, I'm skipping back to this no not
0: in, not in this version because oh. so the historical notes are f- like from the 12th symposium on Gileadian studies so the there's like a professor who gets up before him and is like hello and welcome to this talk um, the fishing event tomorrow there's going to be some inclement weather so you should wear your galoshes uh, you know, something, something, and then he's like, oh, th- you know, thank you, uh, uh, for that introduction. And he says something about her, like, calling her like cold in a way that's like, oh, it's like a little sexist. Yeah. Um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, thank you. I'm sure we all enjoyed the charming Arctic, Arctic char last night at dinner. And now we're enjoying the equally, um, charming Arctic chair. I use the word enjoy in two distinct senses, precluding, of of course, the obsolete third. Like, that's a weird thing to say. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I think it also, yeah, it leaves out the fact that um, he arranged the chapters of the book. Um, that like the tapes were all jumbled together, so he like kind came up with like a plot basically, and was like, "Oh, it should go in this order. This makes sense." But yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, Elsie, what do you think of the graphic novel uh, as as the expert on the Handmaid's Tale? Yes.
0: I like it. I like. I'm little. I'm a little sad. It doesn't like. It's such a straightforward adaptation that just truncates things from the novel, as opposed to being like, "Okay, we're just gonna like." cut out this part of it and make these artistic choices. I feel like it's a little too straightforward of an adaptation. Um, I mean, it's nice, but like, I'm like, you didn't take any risks. Cause most of the other adaptations, they're like, we're just gonna shuffle everything around. Yeah, both the television show and the movie start with a car chase, as opposed Ooh. to the scene in the gymnasium
2: really is it is it is it the chase where they're where she gets caught when yeah. across the border I that's my favorite part of this graphic novel I really like that I mean and especially the way the art style changes yes cuz like this is
3: like the part that I've been dying to talk about cuz I think it's just so yeah, well there's done like no artistically text.
2: let's get into it yeah, yeah
3: please so i mean again we have like the the use of colors the yellow car and as the chase continues the yellow starts to fade and and everything starts red to just fade takes until over. red yeah. takes over and i think that's so uh so good i also just love yeah like the the line work of everything being very like washed out and watercolored at the start as soon as You know like the guards come in we get some hard edges the chase continues the lines become thicker and more jagged until they're yeah it just like bleeds onto the page pretty much near the end and uh i don't know i love comic artwork is is so interesting to me because uh when you have like text of any kind especially dialogue in a panel that tends to dictate how long that panel lasts. And so when you have, um, like, a whole car chase scene where there's just silence, everything kind yeah. of feels very, like, I don't know, it, it feels very timeless. It feels like you're, it's very dreamlike, and anything could last for as long as the reader wants it to last. And every, like, image just kind of feels, yeah, just very uh, I just like it. I just like it a lot. It's very good. Yeah, I
2: mean it really turns the pacing over to each individual reader. Yes. So like like you could see this all like a like if this became, you know, a film, uh, you could see this playing all as like slow motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh you could you could see it all just like going very quickly. Like yeah, and this is a good action sequence in like uh in comic form. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Also just like just the, the falling leaves. Yeah. And uh, I mean, literally, I mean, this is going to be really an obvious reading, but like they're basically like blood. And, yeah. you know, and when she's there, was like laying with her daughter in the pile of just blood red leaves. Yeah. Like this is good imagery.
0: And I just I love her trying to protect her daughter the way that she's sort of like poised over her, but she knows that like there's nowhere left to run. Mm-hmm. oh just the way they do the facial expressions it's, it's very similar to the the facial expression we get when nick walks in on her in the living room yeah um
3: yeah and like the way that like the end of that sequence where she's reaching out for for her daughter and everything just yeah. kind of collapses it, it, again that was like uh, foreshadowed earlier on in, in the earlier chapters when she was remembering it and all we get are like the two hands reaching out over the red leaves and I just like that the panels themselves kind of fall into into the leaves. Uh. Yeah. yeah. Overall, I think that like genuinely this sequence is, is one of my favorites of this entire graphic novel just for the way that it uses the medium of comics and uh, visually in, in so many different ways i really enjoyed it and it was very intense and very um yeah it just stuck with me
2: i totally agree
0: but do you think that had they formatted it more similar to the movie and the television show and thrown this at the beginning it would have worked as well
3: absolutely not i d- i don't think yeah, so no. because like again like i focus too much on colors here but like <laughs> you know the fact that that the golden yellow colors the warm tones uh have already been established throughout the rest of the book as this is like the happy moments from her past that she's remembering. I don't think it would be as powerful if we started with it and seeing those colors fade. I think we needed that, that we needed all these colors I think established and mm-hmm. not even just the colors, but again, like yeah, like the fact that it is, the line work changes throughout. I think having that established beforehand and then seeing the transition between the two in this way, I think was very powerful.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can't really speak for the movie or uh, well, especially the TV show because that is something that that's spreading the story out over like ten hours. Yes. So just structurally, it's so different yeah. from the novel or the graphic novel or or like a movie would be, and um and there, uh again, not having seen it, I could potentially see it uh, opening with the car chase working, yeah. just because the structure is going to be different going forward. Mm -hmm. But just in terms of this on its own, starting with this, I mean, like beginning where you don't really know where you are, you don't know how the world is this way, you don't even know the main character's name yet. um, And then so much of this is just kind of like these like snapshots of the past and just kind of, you know, like her remembering things and uh, as we jump around. And so it, it really like kind of builds and escalates to... You know this, like this big burst of action, where we finally, uh, yeah. you know, get get the moment where everything changed for her. So, so no, he here I I can't imagine, uh, you know, having that scene happen any earlier.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, yeah, I think different formats, different mediums would adapt it differently. But for here, for this graphic novel, I think it absolutely worked
2: where it is. And so. Uh, coming right after that scene, so does this mean that her daughter has now been married uh, off as like one of the the wives?
0: Um, I think her daughter's too young.
2: I did too, but I also I had no sense of how much time had passed, mm-hmm. because also um, since it's totally black and white, the the photograph yeah. she's holding, I can't. You know, w- well, we don't have the color coding of the clothing. Right.
0: Well, I'm trying to see, cause um uh i'm wondering so the okay so she doesn't say it in the graphic novel because so the in the the bit where um she gets into the bath she talks about how old her daughter must be in the novel and she says her daughter Mm. must be eight
2: okay Uh. so she's hopefully not been married yeah
0: i think the the women who are married are 14.
2: okay so Sorry that I have so many questions. But, no, it's uh, good. <laughs> again, Elsie, you are the expert here. Um, so, uh, I mean, I- I'm literally just like flipping forward a, a few pages. Uh, but we have this part where uh, where we see um, uh, scenes from like the, uh, you know, destroyed cities and bodies being burned yeah. and stuff like that. Uh do we know uh, and and the colonies uh in in the book do we find out more about the colonies and and where these wars are taking place or like really what the geography of 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 gilead is or just like or the former united states is like
0: well you can you you can kind of tell that it's it's cambridge based on a bunch of different factors there's references to bridges and the river and it used to be Boston because she refers to her mother living in Boston. And... It's like supposed
2: to be like Harvard Square, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cambridge. Um, I The scene we get as far as the colonies is exactly what I'm talking about, where like the author takes stuff that is like horrific from the book, makes it less horrific, and then stuff that's not horrific in the book and makes it horrific, because mm-hmm. we get like a brief description from Moira that she was shown films of the colonies. And they were bad, but we don't get, like, such a graphic, descript- just graphic image of, like, the the somewhat rotted flesh on living people yeah. that we see as far as the colonies. Um,
2: okay. But do we know where the colonies are?
0: Uh, they're somewhere in the Midwest, I think. Because we get stuff that, like, there's, like, a civil war on the East Coast that interrupts... Um, their supply lines sometimes, because they're like, oh, oranges from Florida.
3: Hmm. Um, Okay.
0: But nothing that specific. And we get some stuff about, like, um, I think it specifically stated that um, African Americans were relocated to North Dakota. Um, But I can't remember where it says that.
2: Okay. Again, this is one of those things where I'm just like, I want all the the lore. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, give me... Just give me, like, a... Okay, what I want now is... Elsie, um, I, I'm yes. going to assume you're not familiar with this. Scott, you might be. Uh, so, remember in the Animatrix... Um, do you remember this? I don't, actually. What? what? Okay. Okay. Elsie, uh, do you know what the Animatrix is? No.
0: Is it the Animated okay. Matrix movies?
2: Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, when... when the Matrix sequels were coming out. They've released this separate like DVD, a collection of nine anime short films mm-hmm. involving the world of the Matrix. And there were there were these and like all by like by different cool animators and stuff like that. Some like tied into the the main story, and some were just totally standalone things. Just in the world, it was it was actually the best thing in my opinion to come out of the sequels. But uh, but they had these little, this two-part thing uh, called the Second Renaissance Part 1 and 2 Mm -hmm. that was written by the Wachowskis that was just like this computer program telling the history of the fall of civilization and how the machines like overthrew mankind. And it just gave you all the lore and all the history of how the world Mm. ended up this way and um and it was nice it was in this, a separate little short film they didn't have to like do that info dump in a movie and just like i just kind of want that but for the handmaid's tale now just like i want to <laughs> know all this all the stuff about the assassination of the president and uh like the constitution being put on hold and like what happened hmm. uh you know like with the government like give me all of that i'm so curious
0: um yeah no i uh, i think it's the Bit where she's watching tv because that's when we get the information what, what happened to the jews mm-hmm. um which is they had to convert or if they or move to israel and then some people didn't convert and uh, were like there there'd be film on tv of, of them getting like removed from their houses and stuff um uh, she also mentions that she thinks that there were a bunch of people who pretended to be jewish or to get deported um
2: interesting
0: I, uh, but I think in the historical notes we we get that like a lot of the the Jews who were loaded onto boats were just like dumped into the harbor, um, because it was cheaper than actually shipping them.
3: Right. Yeah, that's brought up somewhere else too, Like in those uh, films where they were just like, mm. um, yeah, they don't bother to feed you much or to give you protective clothing or anything. It's cheaper not to.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. So how are we supposed to feel about Nick?
0: He's kind of a non-character, in my opinion. Yeah. Um.
3: He is... Yeah, he does just kind of... I don't know. He's there and then not there for, like, a big chunk of it, it feels.
2: Yeah, it's just... And this might be just me reading into the artwork but the presentation of him seems like a potential love interest. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then the part where they sleep together is portrayed like romantically. Yeah, for sure. And so even though it's not like what's actually happening. So i was just curious about that. Like, like, and, and it, I mean, and it, then it is implied that he does help her. Yeah. Like get away at the end. But just in, in, in general, you know, he seems like, like he's right there, drawn like a love interest. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and he's definitely a love interest in the show because they flesh him out a bunch. But in the he's
2: played by Max Minghella, right? Yes,
0: he's very handsome. But I feel like in the in the book, it's like she talks to him a lot, and she she mentions that she t- told him his told him her name, which she doesn't even tell the audience. Oh, interesting. Um, and yeah, so she uh, does... her name was like has
2: been made like. They made up a name for, like, the movie and the TV yes, show, right? different names. <laughs> yeah, I just found out that, like, this morning.
0: Um, yeah, well, the bit in the very beginning where we get the gymnasium, um, there's a list of names that are said from bed to bed, Alma, Janine, Dolores, Moira, and June. And in the book, all mm-hmm. of the names except June pop up. So it was sort of like a fan theory that her name was actually June. Um, and they made her name be June in the TV show. And in the movie, her name is Kate. Don't mm. know where that came from.
2: Okay. <laughs> sure.
0: Um, yeah. And I, I think her, my mother described her relationship with Nick as being like the opposite of her relationship with the commander in that the commander is constantly talking to her and she's just sort of going along with it. And her relationship with Nick is that she's constantly talking to Nick because she doesn't have anyone else to talk to. And mm-hmm. Nick is just sort of listening. Right. Um.
2: Okay, uh, another question. Mm-hmm. Um, how much time is supposed to pass
0: I think over the course of the story? it's supposed to be about a year, but it's kind of unclear. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, I, I, I really had no sense of how much no time it idea. was. No idea
3: no I, I i don't know in my head while i was reading it the fact that like all the different sections are called like you know night and morning or whatever i was like is this only a couple days that doesn't seem right to me
2: yeah l- looking at it i i got the sense of it being i i I'll, there are references made to like seasons yeah yeah uh sure. but I, I thought maybe like a few months mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was like so the reference season so I'm like I guess it's like a little less than a year. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, uh. but but it seems kind of like that thing where um like how in uh in 12 Years a Slave mm-hmm. they never give you a, a, like you know he doesn't know how much time has passed. He loses all sense of time mm-hmm. yeah. uh because he just doesn't ever know and and this felt to me like it was going for the same kind of thing where you know she is a prisoner basically like she doesn't uh you know like the, the days all kind of blur together and um and she doesn't really even know like how many months or, or years are passing so but, but i don't know the, again i have not read the book
0: well there's only a certain amount of time that she's at each posting cuz like there's the bit with the 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 doctor being like, hey, you don't have that many chances left. Right. Um, And Serena Joy being like, "Old, what's what's his face didn't work out, huh? Um, So there's some sense of time with that. I think it also has to do with, um, Mm. in the book, uh, her meeting with Nick, she describes what they say and then is like, I don't think we said any of that, actually. Um, This is all just a recreation and she's continually being like, I don't want to tell this story. So it's her just recounting this period of time, but like some of it is made up clearly or like re- reconstructed. Right. Um, so I think in some senses, like her story gets truncated in that way in that like this could have, the story could have happened over the course of three years, but we don't know because she's not telling it with definite
3: mm-hmm. timing yeah
0: yeah and going back to the the doctor i think the mm. Doctor's another example where things are being portrayed in a scarier way than it is in the the book like the the way that her body is drawn and like she's exposed is like ooh, none of the other adaptations do it this way mm. um and, Partly because I didn't realize how scary looking it is that like her face is just cut off, so the doctor can't see her face. Yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, but and it makes her seem more exposed, and makes the like doctor offering more creepy than it is in the book? I mean, it's oh, still pretty yes. creepy in the book. I
2: know, but, like, imagining saying that to just this headless body, like, it's, it's real weird.
3: <sighs> oh. uh, yeah. Ooh, I'll, say, I'll say, just kind of, like, uh, segueing from nowhere, um, mm-hmm. one of, like, my favorite characters to follow but in the tragic sense was uh, Janine and her whole story because yeah. like by the end of it she is like the way that she's drawn is just like yeah it's it's very uh, uh she's like yeah like and her,
0: she's like covered in blood yeah
3: yeah yeah and it's she's clearly not there anymore and everyone's... Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, she wasn't very there to begin with. Yeah. Because she has the, the, the bit in the red center where she's like... Um,
2: also, we haven't talked about the scene of... Oh, what's the word? The uh, the weird, like, public execution scene.
0: Ah, uh, yes. The yeah. salvaging.
2: Yeah. Mm. But well, what... Oh, but there's the, the cool made-up word that they have um oh what do they call it uh oh the
0: participation participation.
3: yes that's right i read that i was like okay that's about to go down (laughs) right
0: it's the participatory execution time
2: oof i yeah that's a great word and yeah just Mm -hmm. thing of like okay everyone kill this person together yeah, holy and it, cow! Yeah,
0: this is also one of the things that's good about the historical notes, where he like disc- discusses the participation and is like, "Yeah, they realize they need to give the handmaid some form of outlet, so tearing a guy limb from limb once a month seemed like a good outcome here." Yeah, and Oof. I mean,
2: the artwork is great here—the way it just goes crazy with the uh, yeah. with the red ink. But then mm. on on yeah. the next page, the same one where uh, Janine shows up, there's mm. just this like. It's like a a, a really wide shot, but he's the the dude that they destroyed is just this like puddle. Yeah. On the ground.
0: Yeah.
3: So Um. brutal. Oh. Mm. Yeah.
0: And the fact that we get the the secondary thing of like he wasn't a rapist, he's this political.
2: Right. Also, a few pages later. Um, after the mm-hmm. scene where the new um, of Glenn appears
0: of Glenn. Uh, mm-hmm. appears yeah.
2: And then, but like a page after that, there's just a shot where um, of Fred is is walking by all these flowers. and then yes. we see the uh, the flowers just kind of like drawn as like hanging handmaids.
3: Yes.
0: yeah Oh,
2: that's uh, powerful
3: stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was uh, while I was reading it, I kind of like stopped at that panel and was like,
2: oh boy, that right. is good use of the medium here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, uh, And the full page spread where she's imagining herself hanging in the next chapter. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, from uh, with the the whole light
3: fixture in the middle. Yeah. yeah. That was interesting finding out, you know,
2: the meaning behind that. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. And also the whole revelation about uh these like clubs where w- w- Oh, Jezebel. Yeah. yeah. That was an interesting, like, aspect to the the mythology. And
0: I like how it it shifts in color scheme. We start getting pinks and yellows and purples that we don't see because those aren't the typical colors of women.
2: And it's a thing where it's like, that's like, you know, in some ways, like, preferable to being a handmaid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I
0: mean, you get to drink. Moira seems to think so. Moira's like, get yourself sent here. Yeah. Also
2: interesting that she's just like straight up in a Playboy bunny costume.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, in the the book, it's described as ill-fitting. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, th-
2: that whole section—it all of a sudden, you know—it looks like, you know, uh, like a crime movie from the nineteen forties, and this is some sort yeah. of, you know, just like, uh, like
0: it's like a CD bar. I know. Mm-hmm. Um. yeah and it's like it's like the Boston Hyatt.
2: Oh, is that what it's supposed to be?
0: Yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> i I um, mean, it, it makes sense. She says that you know it, it had been a hotel. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, it's a hotel. and she's like, I, I feel like I've been here before, but I'm not sure. Um,
2: yeah, just like those were some of my favorite things throughout it, just the the touches of like you know what this used to be in like our society and now what it's been turned into but it but yeah. you know but the resemblance is still there. um
0: I yeah um I and what's cut out is um Oh, no. They didn't cut that bit. Good. Um, they include the, the part where Moore was like, I saw your mother. Yeah. In the colonies. Yeah. And she's like, thank God, I thought she was dead. <laughs> it's like, that's... It's worse, though. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, this seems real bad. And, mm-hmm. and there's, like, radiation and stuff.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah, the images we see of the, the colonies in, like... TV show and stuff. It looks more like like a farming prison camp, which is really bad. And we get some like gruesome images of like fingernails coming off and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's not nearly as bad as this, where it's like ah, oh, it's a concentration camp.
2: Right. Yeah, with just like totally like blasted out buildings and all of that.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I even think it's interesting that like the the revelation, like when she finds out that her her mother's still alive. Like there is a bit of relief, but then like very quickly after that, when she's panicking, cause she thinks that, you know, she's been caught or they'll come after her. One of the things she mentions is like, you know, they know where, they know where her child is. Uh, they might get to her, they might get to Luke or her mother or more. So it's like, it just adds another person that like, yeah, but yeah, it's almost better if she was, if her mother was dead because then it's one less person to, to worry about that they could come after at that point.
2: Right. I think my biggest surprise reading this was that the story ended where it did. Because yeah. in yeah. some ways, it almost seems like it's kind of just beginning. Like, like this is just like a, like a it, new twist in the plot. And, like, she just, yeah. uh, you know, had sex with Nick. And so, you know, in an attempt to, to get pregnant and, like, we, you know, we wonder what will happen there. And, like, I could see this just being twice as long.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, and sort of, it, it's very slice of life. Once the action starts and there's going to be, like, conflict, it's like, no, nope, the book's over.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then there's an epilogue.
0: And then there's the epilogue, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, we're not sure what happened to her. This is all we have. Right.
2: Like, I, this has made me just want to watch the show more because I'm like, ooh, the story continues. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, and the, the that's in the, the TV show in season two. They give Nick a wife. What? Who's 14
2: whoa (laughs) yeah i also i was going through just like the cast list for the show and i'm seeing like wait like marissa tomei shows up in season two bradley whitford joins the cast oh yeah he
0: is yeah yeah he plays a commander
2: yeah i'm i'm so curious
0: his his character is so weird um i think of of him as being josh but like broken by gilead
2: (laughs) i actually really like that take
0: (laughs) One of the things I don't like about the show is that they create new bodily horror that we don't. The book's already pretty horrific to begin with. You don't yeah. need to have like Janine loses an eye in the in the TV show.
3: Ooh. Well, why? How does that happen?
0: Um, she sp- like makes a snarky comment to an aunt, and so they pluck out her eye.
2: Oh. Huh. But this is the age of edgy, vile yeah. dramas.
0: Like, mm-hmm. but there's Gotta already have more of edgy, that. violent content in this. <laughs> yeah, and I think also the way that she draws uh, the first kiss between Nick and Alfred has a similar, like, romance aspect to it. Like, it looks like something out of a like romance anime because she's wearing like the long, <laughs> white, flowing nightgown. It's like very Victorian. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. I mean, she just let her hair down.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, right, the way they have. It, it it really it really does look like, you know, these people who have been kept apart by society for so yeah. long yeah. finally, you know, managed to be together. Like, it, it, yeah, they look very into it.
0: Mm-hmm. When really it's, it's like, it's so good to be touched by someone, to feel so gre- greedy. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like they don't actually care about each other. It's just like, oh, it's like so nice to have physical contact again.
3: Yeah.
2: Also, the, uh, the way they do, what is it? The, is it the ritual?
0: The ceremony. The ceremony.
2: It's so weird. Yes. W- with, with the wife there, just. It's, yes. Yeah.
0: Holding the, the wrists of the handmaid. Extremely yeah.
2: extremely uncomfortable.
0: Yes. Yeah. In the book and most of the adaptations, he's sort of standing up, um, and she describes him as, as being like his mind is elsewhere. Like, you could just be, like, thinking about what he was doing at work that day Mm -hmm. during the ceremony. Um, I also, I love the fact that um, as she's leaving, she asks the question, like, which is it worse for, her or me? And I'm like, I feel like it's you.
2: Yeah. yeah. But also, (laughs) I mean, like, I think that really depends on how Serena feels about him. Like, if she really loves him. It's got to be <laughs> unpleasant to just <laughs> sit there.
3: Yeah. I mean, neither neither angle is good, but I don't know. I feel like there's one that's the whole clearly worse. Real
0: bad. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, this book's really a, a laugh riot, right?
0: Yeah, what, oh, what a fun time. Laugh a
3: minute, for sure.
2: Elsie, <laughs> do you enjoy having an entire podcast devoted to this bleak as hell thing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there are, like, hope spots. There's fun little bits. Hey, we
2: got an epilogue that says things yes. turned out okay.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like that, so when Moira escapes, we get a little diagram, and, like, Moira has this, like, small smiley face drawn on her. Mm-hmm. Of how she, like, took apart the toilet. And I think that's just, like, kind of hilarious. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that is pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, Moira kind of rules. Yes. You know what? that That diagram reminded me very much of, like, old crime comics where they would actually show, like how to, like, make weapons or set traps and everything. Yeah. And, like, comic book critics were like, hey, maybe don't teach kids how to do
2: violence this well. <laughs> ah, the, the good old pre-code comics. That's right. That's exactly what it was.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, like, that's the whole point of Moira's character is that, like, she's a total badass. And then we meet her and she's like, yeah, eh, I'm just going to die here.
2: I mean, she tr- she tried pretty hard.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this the other example of things that's more horrific is that we get, like, vague descriptions of, like, the pornography that they're forced to watch, the so-called unwomen films. Oh, yeah, I was curious um, about those. And, like, it basically sounds pretty similar to what's drawn here, but it's a lot more visceral seeing it drawn.
3: Yeah.
0: Because um, it's described in pretty vague terms.
3: Yeah, I'll just say, like, another striking image from this book i think is uh the the image of uh of not the feet but i guess the silhouette of the feet um yeah beaten up and and so you don't actually see what they look like but you see kind of the imagery of of them and uh
0: that was the other image that my mother was like you're not allowed to read this book
3: really yeah yeah
0: they looked like drowned lungs yeah um, yeah. And like, I think that the fact that we don't actually get to see them is like one of the ways in which like the really terrible imagery is sort of glossed yeah. over in some ways. I don't know.
3: I, I kind of like that because we we see kind of the silhouette of it. So we mm-hmm. kind of get the idea. But the exact detail is left up to the mind of the reader. And I think I, I like that a little bit because it makes it feel like whatever you are imagining is the worst Thing, yeah Then that's how it is in your head whereas if they specifically drew everything out in full detail certainly some people would be like who know but i think some people would be like oh that's it i was, I was imagining a lot worse
0: yeah um it's it's certainly not torture porny which i, I enjoy because mm-hmm. the television show can get a little bit like that and just uh, like yeah mm. But, like, what are you guys' general impressions of the story, having only read the graphic novel?
2: I liked yeah, it a lot. Uh, I did, Just, like, like I was saying, I, I want more. And, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. like, not that I think it's bad for ending where it is, but I, mm-hmm. I do find this, like, this world and this protagonist really compelling.
0: Well, they are writing a sequel.
2: Yeah, which I learned about today.
0: <laughs> that
3: is exciting
0: some wow. 40 years later. We're, we're at,
2: like, peak Handmaid's Tale right now.
0: We really are. Yeah,
2: yeah. it's it's kind of crazy to have, like, a, you know, oh, there's an award-winning TV show and a graphic novel and finally the long-awaited sequel, all in the same year.
0: Yeah. It's a book from 1985.
2: <laughs> hey, look. But it's making waves. I know, and, it, and it's not like it, it was even, like, a franchise back then that's getting rebooted it was just a standalone yeah, yeah. thing
0: it was like a popular book to read in women's studies programs like
3: yeah,
2: yeah but here we are look at anything that that any intellectual property that that, yeah. that can be like milked for more money will uh-huh. be. yeah yeah what's your favorite ip oh the handmaid's tale <laughs> yeah it, it's like the hot franchise all the kids love
3: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, people do cosplay as it uh, at Comic-Con.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's become like a political thing to cosplay as it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I get it.
2: I'm, I'm also very curious what the story. I mean, well, yeah, what the story of the sequel is going to be like. And plus it'll now be like the yeah. weird sort of Game of Thrones thing where you'll have like books and adaptation like going in different directions.
3: No, I mean, I loved this. This is, like I said, also similarly first time jumping into this story and uh, I was like captivated from beginning to end trying to figure out what's going on, what's going to happen. Uh, it, it. I mean, yeah, I think it's great and I, I would love to it makes me want to, to consume more media of it, like the books and the TV show. And, uh, yes. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I know. I
2: would say it's successful. It might be an adaptation, yeah. but um, but look, it it worked for me as my introduction, and it worked as like a standalone thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's good, because I was like, this is truncated and takes out all of the things I love about the book, but at the uh, same time, like, keeps the broad strokes that I like. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I, one of the, the problems with, like, other adaptations. They just, like, her mother is cut out of most adaptations, which doesn't make any sense to me.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's
0: um,
2: barely in this one. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Um, which I think partly has to do with, I think this one makes a concerted effort to get rid of the things that date the novel. And her mother makes the novel feel a little dated. Because her mother is clearly a second wave feminist. Right. Um. Uh, and, like, like the porn burning. Like, that's a very second wave yeah. 1970s, early 80s type thing. Yeah, because
2: to... this is, a, like, originally as written. This is supposed to be set in, like, 2005, right?
0: I don't think we get anything as specific as that, but, like, pretty much. I, I, I mean, like, not um, that specific
2: year, but, like, that sort of... But, like, 20 years in the future.
0: Yeah, and, like there's all this stuff about how ofra didn't really care about feminism and stuff which is very like 1980s we're in between second and third wave feminism that sort of thing
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. um and so if you cut out her mother then you don't have to deal with that
2: yeah yeah, yeah well I will say after this I will I, I might read the novel at some point I am definitely gonna try to get to the TV show sooner mm-hmm uh, yeah.
0: Well, you could read the novel along with our podcast. <gasps> I
2: could. I, 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 yeah, one chapter a week, get caught yeah, up. the
0: chapters are like three pages long.
2: Oh, Oh wow. Okay, that's that's very simple. Yeah, yeah. Yes. that's not a big Honestly? ask. Honestly, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, like, just read a couple pages and then listen to my podcast. And then it's a 2019 thing and you don't have to actually read a book. Yeah,
2: <laughs> And and plus, and then I'll also rate, review, and subscribe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like any good
3: listener. I will absolutely listen to your podcast as long as you didn't have that little dummy from NerdSync named Scott on an episode. Hate that guy.
0: <laughs> well, luckily I had him on for a special episode. Doesn't ruin your experience of, of, of the general podcast if you don't listen to the episode that Scott was on. <laughs>
2: okay, good. Because, I mean, it's not about the book anyway. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I only will listen to book-related episodes.
0: (laughs) You're not excited for the opera episode that may or may not be happening?
2: No, not going to listen to it. Mm -mm. Book only. I'm a purist. (laughs) Says the guy who has only read the graphic novel. Yes.
0: (laughs) On that note, this concludes the episode. You can find me on Twitter at Sappho and on YouTube as Sappho of Lesbos. Also my Instagram at Sappho. I do vintage clothing stuff. It's fun. Um, gentlemen, if you want to plug yourselves.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, you can find me... Uh, on the YouTube channel NerdSync. I use comics and superheroes to teach about real world history, science, philosophy, culture, and art. So if that is something that you are interested in, that is N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. It's very fun, having a lot of fun doing it. Got some good stuff coming up, but thank you so much for inviting me onto this podcast. It was a ton of fun.
2: Yeah, and uh, you can watch the The work that I create at the YouTube channel, Patrick H. Willems, uh, which is mostly video essays about movies. Uh, it's not as 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 focused and simple to explain as as Scott's. I describe
0: it as 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 videos about comic books, videos about movies, and videos about comic book movies.
2: I mean, Th- th- those are relevant yeah and uh i mean that, that yeah th- th- sure you know what th- that's that's better <laughs> than anything i can think of right now also uh lc appears in in a a handful of them so
0: and i helped make some of them so you it's know, true support his channel. yeah
2: and uh and then so go go watch those and then you follow me on all the social medias at patrick h willems
0: all right praise be